Welcome to Life with God. A podcast where we have unpolished chats about knowing God and being a part of what He's doing on the earth. My name's Tyler. And I'm Brittany. And we're so glad you're here. Oh, uh, it's a good day to be alive. Great day. It's a great day to be alive. Well, uh, welcome back, everybody. Episode two. Episode two. Here we are. We made it through episode one, surprisingly. (laughs) Still breathing. Still excited about life with God. So excited. Here we are. Um, Today, we have an amazing guest in the house. Happens to be literally one of my favorite humans on the entire planet. What are we calling you? M? Emily? Yeah, what what would you like to be called today? I'll be whatever. I'm a chameleon, yo. (laughs) Chameleon, Uh, okay. The one and only Emily, known by many as... M. Dev, known as others <laughs> by Yaya, known as others by lots of other things. Yeah, known yeah. to me, so she calls me. Known to it's true. Known to me as literally one of the biggest cheerleaders I have ever had in my entire life. She mm-hmm. is an international English teacher, former youth pastor, hospice worker, songwriter, artist, world traveler. I mean, I could keep going, um, and has been my friend for. Years. 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 On the calendar, for Since real. Like 2012. It is a blast and a half to have you here today. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks for uh, having me. <laughs> Couldn't be happier. <laughs> Couldn't be happier that you're here. Um, besides being just an amazing, all-around, talented human, you have, I think, a wealth of insight and revelation into the heart of God, um, which is a huge part of what we like to talk about here because Mm -hmm. God is way cooler than we all think. Mm, And we're always discovering how he's blowing our minds. So you are one of those people who has gone deep into the heart of God and come out with treasure galore. So we are pumped to be able to mine some of that today um, in our topic of conversation. Yeah. And today... We're talking about disappointment. Sounds like a downer. It's yeah. actually not. It's actually really exciting. Britt's really pumped on it again. It's a topic we're super excited about, honestly, which sounds bizarre. So, Em, I'm really excited to hear your heart here. Um, obviously, you've lived a lot of life, lots of cool experiences, lots of amazing things have happened to you, lots of really crappy things have happened <laughs> to you, too. Keeping it real, um, as we do here. We do. We try. Um, we try. <laughs> unpolished conversation. That's, That's right. what this is about. Mm. So we'd love to hear from you. Like, take us into something that happened to you where you experienced disappointment. Like, take us into the story. Walk us around a little bit. Like, give us an mm. example of when you faced that and how you responded to it. Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm so pumped to be here. Wow, 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 wow. Wow, 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 wow. As, as we she says. say. Wow, wow. <laughs> oh, you guys are the best. Everyone should know these people. Um, I love disappointment, and I don't think I would have said that a few weeks ago, but I feel like I've finally gotten language for disappointment actually being one of the greatest gifts ever because, like what you said, it causes movement. It's a catalyst for things to happen in your life. So Mm -hmm. I was trying to think through on my way here (laughs) different times where I've been disappointed, and I was like, hmm, There's a lot. There's several. (laughs) There's several. But I honestly, 
I think a lot of them have, I have the story endings on all disappointment up until now, but I want to dive into one today that has not mm. yet experienced the ending. Okay. Because when you're in the middle of disappointment, it you always have a different filter than mm. the end of a story. Feels a little different when you don't know what's going to happen. Yes. The yeah. suspense. The suspense. <laughs> I love it. Um, so, yeah, I was about a year ago, we were in Jaipur, India. On a dusty soccer field, Come on, playing you. soccer. You go everywhere. <laughs> and it was a blast. Shout out to some amazing people. I guess we're not saying last names. No. Nope. <laughs> okay. But they're great. These they're, people are these amazing. These people who are, are great. on the fields in. <laughs> what? India? Did you say India? India. Jaipur, India? Jaipur, Did I get India. that? Yeah. Okay. There you go. So, anyway, we're standing in this dusty soccer field and met this 18 year old boy from Germany who had just done the Camino de Santiago in Spain and was now on his way to this 10 day meditation center in India by himself, 18 years old. Wow. And we were like, bro, what are you doing? Like, why are you here? And we ended up sharing a meal with him and just getting to hear more of his story, more of his heart, and the things that he was out in the world for, and with tears in his eyes, he shared about how he was on this search for meaning and truth, and is God real, is Christianity outdated, because in his home country, everyone told him that Christianity was stupid and outdated. Anyway, that conversation was a searing moment in my heart, and just a reminder of story after story after story of encounters with people who are on this journey of what do I really believe? Like beyond the emotional highs of following Jesus, like does the gospel Mm. hold up in court? You know, like is it actually true or is it a psychological crutch? All of those, the big questions. Long story short, that started me on this journey of asking the Lord, hey, how do I cultivate that in my heart? How do I be a person who helps bridge the gap between the head and the heart for people? Mm. And Mm, everything with Jesus is an invitation, which is the best. And so long story short, he led me on this journey of inviting me to apply to this school in the UK that is Mm. all about apologetics, all about loving questioners, loving the person behind the question. And I was pumped and I stepped out of a role here in Austin that I loved, where I was thriving and having a blast and out of obedience was like, okay, I'm going to step into this new thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, 2020 came along, 2020. our favorite year you ever. Know. You all know. And um, if this is years later, you know. You know. <laughs> you, you know what happened. You read about it. You know. And COVID and, you know, everything happened and they ended up shifting the program and long story short, just decided that I need to reapply next year and not go to England this year. Mm-hmm. And so it was Ooh. kind of this moment of, this was a few weeks ago of like, okay, I made these plans. I was chasing the obedience, the dream with the Lord. I was terrified. I had like taken risk and then it just all floated away. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of felt like an astronaut or feel currently like an astronaut tethered, like I'm tethered Love to that truth, image. Come on. but I'm kind of like floating through yeah. outer space. Yeah. And, and so, yeah. And knowing your story a little bit, it was more than just like you guys listening might be kind of thinking, well, it was just going to school, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it maybe it doesn't feel like a big deal. Um, but it was more than that for you because you have a mm-hmm. heart for, for, um, creatives and millennials and, and even, uh, Europe in general. And, yeah. and it was going to be more than just traveling, right. And going to school, you had, you had the next year. Yeah slash indefinitely planned out in Europe, um, doing a lot of other things and working with creative. So 
it wasn't just that one dream felt like it was stolen away, but the rest kind of Mm. felt to fall away as well, right? Totally, totally. Yeah, it kind of felt, I'd been dreaming of living in the UK specifically for so long and building into wanting to start a business for creatives or travelers and just kind of really putting all chips out there vulnerably and running for it. And so, yeah, you're right. It felt like, okay, like your whole life dream. <laughs> okay, here was we go. Stolen away. Yeah. And yeah. I think, and I share this with Britt, but the, probably the most disappointing part was the, I was so excited and expectant for team and belonging mm-hmm. and, like what you were saying, I've moved around a lot and I was like, man, maybe this is going to be it. Like maybe I'm finally going to find my people, but here we are. And so I, yeah, so that was a few weeks ago and the immediate emotion was, wow, I am bummed, (laughs) you know, just like grieving hardcore. like, okay. But then the thing about disappointment is that it's a catalyst. It'll cause you to do, I think, one of three things. It'll cause you to ditch, to deflate, or to dive in and dream. Mm -hmm. It'll cause you to ditch and be like, well, just forget this. You know, like, say you like a guy or a girl, and you're like, man, going for it, and then that never happens. You're like, well, forget love. You know, you're just going to be single forever. Shuck it all. Too real, too real. (laughs) Like, yeah. So there's that. You can just give up on hope altogether. Mm You can deflate. And if you've ever been like tubing on a river and you're in a half deflated inner tube, anybody who's in a fully inflated tube is going to go way farther, way faster than you. So if you're just like sitting in your sweaty water, like (laughs) that's just not a way to live of this like half filled hope. And so Mm -hmm. it can cause you to kind of keep some of your chips back in the future of I'm not I'm going to be hopeful, but not really hopeful. Um, or it can cause you to dive in and dream. And that's where disappointment's the gift. If you let it tutor you if you let it do its full work in you it's gonna end up shaping where you're gonna go and it's not a detour it's not a whatever it's just a new direction so good so that's where I am so I'm sure that you felt like the Lord gave you some of these dreams in the beginning do you wrestle with that wondering these were your dreams God for me Mm. Uh, but here we are a year later and now these don't seem these don't seem to be your dreams anymore. How do yeah. you, do you find yourself wrestling with that? And how do you come to terms with that? Yeah. Or have you, That's or are great, you still wrestling? It's <laughs> a great question. Um, I think even today and I was journaling and the Lord was like, I haven't given up on those dreams. Mm. Like you've not miscarried mm. the dream. I've actually, I gave that to you. Um, but I think that is such a good question. And um, I think, that it's really the place of realizing that I didn't mishear the Lord, but actually his dreams for me are way bigger than my <clears throat> my mm. tiny route of what I thought he was showing me. So he gave me a sliver mm. of a dream, but his dream is this big. Wow. And so now I'm at this place where we're back to the drawing table of sure. like, okay, God, well, what do you want to do? Wow. And it's honestly this really beautiful, fun place sure. of nothing's off the table anymore and okay you still want to dive into apologetics and stuff but maybe that just looks different than going to England might look like going to Bali you know like it can look a bunch of different ways yeah yeah Yeah, I think that's so interesting because it it lets you choose whether you're going to like you said whether you're going to harden your heart 
toward mm-hmm, the yeah. dreams of God, whether mm-hmm. you're going to keep dreaming with him or whether you're just going to yeah. pull back and and say, you know what, this was this was your dream and you didn't make it happen. So yeah. I don't really want to do this anymore. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's so important, especially I always tell people, and this is how I live my life is with an open hand mm-hmm. and an open heart. Like I want to move toward the things of God, but I want to be always moving toward what he put in my heart. But I don't want to hold on to these things and say, you know, if you don't fulfill these, then yeah. then I'm going to give up on you because mm. I, I feel like there's so many times he just reroutes us. So mm. good. And um, I was thinking, even when I was thinking about your story, I was thinking about um, David in Second Samuel. And in Second Samuel 7, he talks about um, he just wanted to build a house for God. And he was so excited. He had this dream and he's, he was saying, you know, I want to build this house for God because I'm living in a house of wood but you're living in a tent and that's not mm. that's injustice you know like you shouldn't mm. be living there in a tent while I'm while I'm doing this mm. living in this luxury in a house and and this was a dream that he had in his heart it it was to all of us listening it was a great dream mm. and it was a godly mm-hmm. i would say holy dream mm. um so he goes to Nathan the prophet and Nathan Nathan told him um you have God with you so go ahead and do it like he's good mm-hmm. with you so if it's on your heart, go ahead and do it. And I feel like that was kind of the same thing, M, as your mm-hmm. situation, which is yeah. go after the things that he's put in your heart until right. until he tells you to stop. And I, that's that's how I love living my life is just to run mm-hmm. after the dreams of God until he says stop because I believe he has put those in our hearts. Come on. Um, that's like the whole verse about he gives us the desire of our hearts. Mm-hmm. I, I remember I had this shift in my spirit when I read it a different way one time. Because I used to think it meant he'll give you the things that you want. Mm. But then I realized it actually means he's put those desires. He's given mm. you those desires that are inside of you. So then it doesn't it, it doesn't become worldly to run after the things that are in your heart anymore. And I know, mm. Britt, me and you have talked about that a little. Yeah. Um, but David, he... God ended up showing up to him to, through Nathan and said, tell David he's not going to actually do this because um, I never actually asked him to do this. Um, it's a good it's a good thing that he has in his heart, and eventually I will live in a house, but I'm kind of good with just moving around with my people right now. It's kind mm-hmm. of my paraphrase of what God said. Um, and in that moment, David was faced with an opportunity to either be bitter toward God or mm-hmm. to shift his priority mm-hmm. and to see, like you said, to see disappointment as a redirect. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, David, he let his disappointment turn into praise. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. And he just ended up saying, it's it's so cool in Second uh, Samuel 7, and it's verse 22. Um, he says, Therefore you are great, O Lord God, for there is none like you, and there is no God beside you, according mm-hmm. to all that we have heard with our ears. So he just lets his disappointment turn mm-hmm. into praise because he chose to um, not let, mm-hmm. you know, he chose to live life with, with an open hand. And even though he felt like this thing was a good thing from God, sometimes mm-hmm. the redirect um, is important. And like you mm-hmm. said, it's a catalyst for a dream. And even even in that, God was, God was telling him, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, make your descendants mm-hmm. great. I'm going to bless your family. And he was mm-hmm. like, God, I can't even believe that I get to be here. Like, this is amazing. It was, but it was his perspective. It was his humble perspective that allowed him to take his disappointment from what could have turned him to bitterness or even, even a victim mentality into something of praise and saying, 
you know, God, you are good. You know what's best for me. And uh, I'm just going to move on to the next thing that you have because it's great because if there's something here that you don't have for me, that means there's something over here that you do have for me. So I feel like that is so relevant to like what you were saying in your story. The dive, the diving and dream part. What was that? Three D's, M. Ditch, Ditch. Ditch. deflate, dive in and come on. I'm loving that. (laughs) So good. I love it so much. I think too, like as you were talking about that, I think the the underlying, I think, what's the word I'm looking for? Almost fuel of disappointment Mm. as far as like what's kicking it forward in Mm -hmm. in one of those directions, right? Mm -hmm. Is the pain. Yeah. Right? The pain to me is the motor Mm. (laughs) of disappointment. Mm. Pain, you could you could substitute the word discomfort, Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. Um, just that, I don't like this, that feeling, you know what I mean? Um, and I think for me, that's like getting at that feeling, that Mm -hmm. pain, (laughs) if you will, um, has dealing, learning how to deal with that has Mm -hmm. been huge for me as far as what direction I end up in. Mm -hmm. Um, because I love how you obviously dealt with your pain and discomfort in such a way that it landed you in the dive in and dream category, yeah, right? Like it landed you in a healthy place. Mm-hmm. Um, it could have landed you depending on how you responded yeah. to it, right? How you so managed it. So like out of curiosity, why did you choose, like how, how did you respond to that pain in such a way that it got you to a healthy place? Like, wh- yeah. you know what yeah. I'm saying? I don't yeah. even know if I'm asking this question. No, but yeah. that's great. How did you deal with that? Yeah, I think you're onto something huge there of if you have a wound, say you scrape your knee and it's full of gravel, you don't just slap a Band-Aid on and start running. You got to take out the gravel. And it's really painful, but it's that whole process of grief Mm. and the holiness of grief and the very uncomfortable, sanctifying process of grief. And so I think... With any disappointment, be it, you know, your plans change or you're not dating somebody or your relationships disappoint you, whatever it is, it's like if you're, you have to stop and be honest with the Lord about the why behind, Mm. like figuring out the roots of why were you hopeful for those things. Like I was hopeful for belonging. I was hopeful for equipping. And so letting, being super specific about what the roots were in the grief allows then for healing and process um, to then launch you to the next thing. But in that too, I think we, a lot of times we uh, view growth as linear, like, okay, I go from third grade to fourth grade, I'm Mm -hmm. getting taller and taller, but so much of growth is the like spiral onion thing and so even coming back to you don't just get your act together and keep moving after disappointment but saying okay god i'm gonna let disappointment do its work in me my pain my grief we're gonna come back to it maybe 10 times a day of like man i'm really bummed and then let him take you to that place of dreaming again Mm -hmm. so like currently i'm still really bummed but i'm full of this wild hope that would not have come had i not let the Lord sound wow. to the gross mm. sadness Come in me. But dang. And I think in that I love what you just said, like letting him sit down in there with you. Mm. Yeah. Like that and I I get you on that. Cause that's that has been the absolute game changer for me. Yeah. For me, it's like it it lands in John chapter eleven, the story of Lazarus, where Jesus raises Lazarus from the mm. dead. That story has completely wrecked my life. So good. <laughs> so many times over. Because hardly anywhere else in scripture do you see the story from start to finish, right? Mm. From the moment Jesus gets word that Lazarus is sick, 
Right, this is going to be the Brittany paraphrase of that no, story. No, yeah, I, got, I already paraphrased Jesus, so it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> um, you know, to, to where Jesus gets the word that he's ill, and literally his, his response is, this happened for the glory of God. Wow. You know, so Jesus is backing up. He's like, hey, guys, letting you know, actually there's a huge story to this, and mm-hmm. it goes beyond just the fact that he's sick right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just hang with me. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? To the point where he finds out he's sick, so he stays longer where he is instead of going to be with him, Basically waits for him to die, is what Mm -hmm. happens. Gets word that he's dead. Hmm. Makes plans at that point to go be with him. Hmm. Gets there. He's been in the tomb four days. His disciples are confused beyond belief because they they don't understand the series of events. They don't understand Jesus' timeline at all. They're trying to hang with him, but bless their hearts, they bring up all these random (laughs) questions that I don't understand. I'm sure somebody could shed light on that. (laughs) I don't even know. But that's what we do, right? That's what we do. We try to make sense of how we got here, why it happened, because somehow it makes us feel better if we can slap a reason on it. And sometimes you just can't slap a reason on it. Oh, that's good, Britt. It's just a mess, and it just hurts. Yeah. And so you can tell their minds are working overtime. And then he gets there, and Mary and Martha are Lazarus' sisters, right? They have the exact same reaction on some level Martha does at the very least where she's trying to make sense she's like Lord if you had been here my brother wouldn't have died but even now I know that you know you're going to raise everybody up on the last day and it's going to be fine like she's trying to fit the situation into her existing grid because there's peace in understanding to some degree yeah because we feel like we have we have a leg up on it right it's true we get the why Um, and sometimes we do get the why and there is real peace there right Mm -hmm. we can rest in that reality Mary on the other hand you know, Jesus calls for her, and she comes, doesn't even bother going to try to figure it out. She just throws herself at his feet and is a hot mess and goes, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died, period. Mm. Mm. Like, invites him into this grief, yep. right? Mm-hmm. And he meets her mm. in the mess, knowing that a few sentences later, he's going to raise her brother from the dead. He's going to erase the reason for her pain entirely. Mm. But he doesn't skip her pain, wow. and he says his next line is where have you laid him and they say lord come and see like basically bring me to the place of your deepest pain wow bring me to that place she leads him to the tomb and it's the shortest verse in the bible we all used to laugh about in christian school as kids <laughs> now i could not be more grateful for these two words mm. jesus wept mm. he just loses it at the tomb and he wow. just i mean who knows how long he was there right entering into their pain man <laughs> which boggled my mind because i'm reading it almost mad like wait yeah. Why wouldn't you just, just tell remove her it's the gonna pain? Be fine. Just take it away. <laughs> like you literally, you should just raise them up. Exactly. It's gonna be fine. Like what? Like you're putting them and yourself through this. Yeah. Like yeah. what? And he looks back at me and he goes, "Just watch. Let me show you my heart. Mm-hmm. I value your pain. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. I'm not happy that you're in pain, but I deeply value it because I value your heart. That's I value good. you, and I care that this hurts you. And he goes down into that place. They weep at the tomb. And then it says, Jesus filled with indignation. It's like this, this anger rises mm-hmm. up in him, which I love because I get angry. Mm-hmm. Pain makes me mad. Mm-hmm. And then it makes me sad. So I get that. <laughs> so anger rises up in him. He gets to his feet and he says, roll away the stone. And then everybody freaks out, right? Because they're like, he's been dead four days. It's going to reek. Like, are you, are you nuts? Like, yeah. are you serious? Mm-hmm. He's like, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the kingdom of God? You would see the glory of God, right? They're like, okay. Roll away this tomb or this stone from the tomb. And in a loud voice, he cries out, Lazarus, come out. Mm. And the dead man walks out wrapped in all the linens, right? They unwrap them, and he goes free. And then a few pass, like a passage later, he's back at their house having dinner. Lazarus is there. They're all chilling at the table. And I, I just, I love that story because 
that's, that's been the, the catalyst for me. Yeah. That's what's caused me to be able to have the power to even land in a healthy place when it comes mm-hmm. to disappointment because the pain is so deep sometimes. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's a bummer, like, oh, they didn't have what I wanted to target. Like, ugh, dang it, new plan. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's that disappointment, right? Yeah. And then there's heart-wrenching. I had a lot wrapped up in that. It's mm-hmm. not a reality anymore. I don't have a plan B disappointment, yeah. Yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And... um and learning, like for me, like like the Jesus who climbs down into that place, mm. you know, and sits with me and weeps with me mm. and is mad with me, like that Jesus has completely changed my life, you know, to yeah. the point where that's the Jesus who then enables me to stand back up on my feet. <laughs> and suddenly, like, there's a door open. There, the, the stone is rolled away from the tomb of all the crap that just died inside of me because yeah. what I thought no longer is. Wow. I mean, that's the Jesus who can roll the stone away from the tomb of my dead dreams mm. and call them back out again, minus the sickness, minus mm. the crap that would have held them back in the first place that's from good. being all that they could have been. That's good. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't raise a sick Lazarus. He raised a healthy Lazarus, mm-hmm. minus good. whatever the heck was ailing him before. Yeah. So I just, I love how you described that, of how Jesus sits there with you. Mm. And, and that mm. literally changes the course of the momentum right? So that the catalyst of disappointment can produce health yeah. and wild That's hope. Good. I love that. Wild hope. So good. Yeah. Come on. So good. Yeah. I, I, love, I love that. I love that thought of Jesus sitting. And I've always thought about this from the perspective of how Christians deal with other Christians' hurt and pain, mm-hmm. right? Like, um, you know how we tend to just say, you know, God, uh, you know, that's either that's not God's will, which we can get into that. Oh, <laughs> like that wasn't God's will that this pain come upon you. I'm yes. sorry. You know, that's this, that's that. Um, or the, the Christians that just try to fix it, you know, there, there's something better for you. There's, uh, there's this, there's that out there. But some of the, in some of the hardest seasons I've been in, some of the friends that I remember, and I know one sp- friend specifically that literally would just listen sat and listened Mm, and offered no advice to me because what I needed in that moment was just for me to process. I didn't need someone to tell me, you know what, this wasn't God's will for you. And I'm sorry that this happened. But what I needed was like Job's friends, right? Where it Mm. says uh, they sat with him on the ground seven days and seven nights and no one spoke a word to him for he Mm. saw that his suffering was very Mm. great. That's awesome. So like what, I guess, what has your experience been without getting to specifics of people, but what has been the reaction from people that you Ooh, have found to be the most question. effective? Mm, that's a great question. I put you on the spot with this one. That's good. <laughs> mm. What do you feel like we need in the face of disappointment from people? Also, what do we not need? What do we not need? <laughs> Tell us what we don't need. Uh, oh, that's a really good question. Um, I think for something that I've noticed that really is life-giving to me that people do is when people remind me of my root system of Mm. um, asking questions about like, well, where was that thing birthed from? Like, why? Like, Mm. let's go back to the beginning because Mm. that the foundation Hmm. that doesn't change regardless of any disappointment if somebody dies like if I lose a friend like those things are all up top but the foundation of who I am doesn't change so it's been helpful when people sit with me in the pain and then remind me or ask questions to 
to get me to remind myself mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. Yeah. like, oh, that's who I am. So like last week in this instance, I had a FaceTime with some people who know me really well. And they were just asking question after question about like, mm. what makes you most come alive? Like, what are you? Who are you? And mm-hmm. that was super life-giving. I didn't wow. have a solution by the end of that conversation, but mm-hmm. I w- remembered who I was. And I think with disappointment, it can easily make you forget who you are yeah. or, like, what you're wow. doing. Yeah. But I think what you said about sitting with people is huge. Um, mm-hmm. When I was working in hospice care, you know, it was, like, every day people asking, like, why me? You know, just they're dying. Mm. It's It was sad. But... And I couldn't give answers that would fix, you know, Mm -hmm. I couldn't just like slap a Bible verse on it, but we could just sit and cry together and pray. And that I felt like was the most effective. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, imagine Jesus sitting there with all the answers and, and the power to raise Lazarus and the power to tell her, like, it's going to be, it's going to be good. Like you're going to be okay. Mm. And he doesn't sit there and say, you know what I have all, (laughs) He doesn't say, I have all power, so no. why are you upset? Like, <laughs> yeah. that's what the Christians would say, right? Yeah. Not to call out the Christians, but <laughs> he, he's all powerful and he knows. Yeah. Jesus didn't sit there and say, I'm all powerful, so why are you upset? Yeah. He, he came in and he was like, you know what, your grief is, it's wow. legitimate. And you'll see, you'll see what I'm going to do. That's so um, good. But for now, we can just be here in this moment mm. of disappointment. And, and like you said, getting the gravel out is important and I don't think we leave room for people to do I don't think we always leave room for people to do that yeah. because mm-hmm. the the thought that Jesus covers all and knows all so therefore you just need to believe his plan doesn't leave mm-hmm. room for for removing the infection for the mm-hmm. death that needs to happen before Come Lazarus on. can yeah. be raised up in into new to new life so good yeah. so good and it's messy to sit with people in that. I think we don't do it because it's like really yes. hard. Yeah. You know, if you have people that you know who are walking through stuff, it's exhausting to to like sit in pain and not just, yeah. all right, let's move on, you know. Yeah. Like, right. And I think for the, I don't know, not just our generation, all generations on planet Earth right now, we kind of, we want to move fast. And yeah, want to get past so it. <laughs> I catch myself being mm-hmm. like, oh, let's just move on. <laughs> like, you're going to be fine. Yeah. You know, but oh, yeah. like, wow, how do I slow down and mm-hmm. ask God, what is your heart for this person? What do you see? And how do I sit yeah. with them and not try and fix it? Because I love to fix. That's right. Tyler Gosh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> we all like <laughs> to fix stuff. But it's in the valley and it's, it's in the bottom. And I developed this phrase over many, many years of, of struggling with the same stuff is like, I developed this phrase of just scrape, scrape the bottom because I, mm. I was, I was like, if I'm going to live here in this space, then I'm going to, and I can't escape, then I'm not going to try and just escape, but I'm sure that there's some stuff down here that I can Come scrape on. out yes. wow. the bottom of a pumpkin yes. or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, there's some stuff down in here. <laughs> there's some gems down in here that I can mine Come out. On. Um, so That's I would good. always just tell people, you Come know, on. you don't have to get out right now. Like you can just scrape, just scrape the bottom and that's try and so get good. what you can get because that's so where our good. characters developed. Right. Come on. Like the Bible says, um, wow. in our trials and our testing is where, where our hope and our perseverance is, really is developed because Preach. that's when we're actually faced with the opportunity to like practice Preach. these things mm. instead of just being okay all the time. Um, because okay doesn't lead us to yeah. to learning more about ourselves like the mountaintops don't teach us a whole lot 
Mm, that's true. I wish they did because I wish I could live up there a little more. Dude. <laughs> View's great up there. It's good beautiful up there. Mountain Lodge. <laughs> Too real. Oh, man. Love that's it. It's really good. So, so, so good. I love what you said about scraping the bottom. That's something I think about, too, being in the, the beautiful state of Texas where they drill for oil all the time. It's mm-hmm. like one thing I've found is that when I'm willing to hit rock bottom yep. and scrape around down there, you strike the oil of joy. Man. That's where it comes Ooh, shooting up Come like on. a geyser. And because Jesus is joy, right? The mm. fruit of the spirit, love, joy. Second thing on the list, right? So as Come we on. dive down into that place with him, inevitably we will strike the oil of joy. Come and on. And it will shoot us back up again and yep. land us with crazy riches in his presence. That's so, so good. Man. I, I remember one night... <laughs> This is getting vulnerable. I remember one night having like this literal vision and I was I was in this pit and I was trying to crawl, claw my way out to the top. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can see the top, claw my way to the top. But then there was just the Lord was saying, just go ahead and let go, let go. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but down there is scary. Like, <laughs> why would I let go when I could get to up there? And he was just saying, let go, let go. You're going to fall. But down there, there's stuff for you to learn down there. And when you're not in control then then I'm able to take control, which doesn't mm. make sense. It's counter mm. and that's the whole spiritual thing, right? It's Gosh. counter it's counterintuitive. Wow. Yeah. So when he's saying let go oh, and good. we're saying that doesn't make any sense to let go. Oh, that that's so but true. that's how that's how his kingdom functions. That's so then we good. let go and we fall into deeper, Jeez. into him, falling into more of what he offers. So Amazing. Wow. So good. Wow. Whew. I'm encouraged. Wow. 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 Shoot, y'all. Wow. I'm encouraged. <laughs> wow. I feel better about my life now. Wow. <laughs> we love disappointment. We love, we love it. it. We love it. It's amazing. Could I read you all this liturgy real quick? Yeah, Please. Totally. It's called the death, liturgy for the death of a dream. And I opened to it and I was like, oh gosh, here we go. Um, so good. It says, O Christ, in whom the final fulfillment of all hope is held secure. I bring to you now the weathered fragments of my former dreams, the broken pieces of my expectations, the rent patches of hope worn thin, the shards of some shattered image of life as I once thought it would be. What I so wanted has not come to pass. I invested my hopes and desires that returned only sorrow and frustration. Those dreams like glimmering fairy feasts could not sustain me. And in my head, I know that you are sovereign even over this, over my tears, my confusion, and my disappointment. But I still feel in this moment as if I have been abandoned, as if you do not care that these hopes have collapsed to rubble. And yet I know this is not so. You are the sovereign of my sorrow. You apprehend a wider sweep with wiser eyes than mine. My history bears the fingerprints of grace. You were always faithful, though I could not always trace quick evidence of your presence in my pain. Yet did you remain at work, lurking in the wings, sifting all my splinterings for bright embers that might be breathed into a more eternal dream? I've so oft seen in retrospect how you had not neglected me, but had with a master's care flared my desire like silver in a crucible to burn away some lesser longing and bring about your better vision." So let me remain tender now to how you would teach me. My disappointments reveal so much about my own agenda for my life and the ways I quietly demand the way that it should play out, free of conflict, free of pain, free of want. My dreams are so small. 
Your bigger purpose has always been for my greatest good, that I would day to day be fashioned into a more fit vessel for the indwelling of your spirit and molded into a more compassionate emissary of your coming kingdom. And you and love will use all means to shape my heart into those perfect forms. So let this disappointment do its work. My truest hopes have never failed. They have merely been buried beneath the shoveled muck of disillusion or encased in a carapace of self-serving desire. It is only false hopes that are brittle, shattering like shells of thin glass to reveal the diamond hardness of the unshakable eternal hopes within. So shake and shatter all that would hinder my growth, O God. Unmask all false hopes that my one true hope might shine out unclouded and undimmed. So let me be tutored by this new disappointment. Let me listen to its holy whisper that I might release at last these lesser dreams, that I might embrace the better dreams you dream for me and for your people and for your kingdom and for your creation. Let me join myself to these, investing all hope in the one hope that will never come undone or betray those who place their trust in it. Teach me to hope, O oh Lord, always and only in you. You are the king of my collapse. You answer not what I demand, but what I do not even know to ask. Now take this dream, this husk, this chaff of my desire, and give it back reformed and remade according to your better vision, or do not give it back at all. Here in the ruins of my wrecked expectation, let me make this best confession. Not my dreams, O oh Lord, not my dreams, but yours be done. Amen. Well, that's it for today's episode. And we so appreciate y'all sticking around with us until the end. Our hope is that these conversations will encourage your faith and serve as a reminder that God is still working in you and on this earth. If you enjoyed these conversations, go ahead and do us a favor and subscribe wherever you're currently listening to this podcast. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, we would love to hear from you. So just drop us an email at lifewithgodpod at gmail.com. Again, thanks so much for joining us. God bless, and we'll see you guys next time.